You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without further ado, the Dear Friends Podcast. Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom and anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends. Hi, I'm dear friend Emily. I'm dear friend Christy. And I'm dearest friend Jess. And welcome to Dear Friend, a writing advice podcast for the musical-minded. And today, we've got a very interesting write-in. Are you guys ready? Oh my gosh, I'm Absolutely. so excited. Bring Let's it do in. it. Okay, okay. So this is from Ambrose Kemper, who wrote in saying, Dear friends, what are your five favorite Sondheim musicals? Like, Good question. It's like Very asking, meeting. like, which one of my children do I love the most? <laughs> yes. Okay, so we got to set some ground rules here. Are we talking? Yes. Are we including lyrics only, or is it just full scores? I will say, in mine, I did not include lyrics only. So I did not include the Gypsies and the West Side Stories and uh, Do I Hear a Waltzes? Though I, okay. I doubt the la- latter would have made my list anyway. <laughs> Okay, so uh, pure Sondheims. Yes. All right, score and lyrics. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, do you want to start, Emily? 
Are we going five to one or one to five? Five to one. We're going from okay, worst, geez, worst to best. Okay, so um, geez, let, let me preface down. this by saying this is this is somewhat of a nebulous list. Um, yes, it, it has changed <laughs> at various points in my life. It has changed at various points in my life. This is where we are with me. You know, in a year where I'll, I'll be turning forty. So do with that what you will. Um, I also think. When you do a Sondheim show, I think sometimes that can that can bump something up. So I don't know. So um, anyway, okay. So my top five, um, my number five, I think would have to be "Merrily We Roll Along." Um, it is a flawed show, um, but it holds a really special place in my heart. I did it when I was young. I did it. It was the first musical I did right after college with a bunch of old high school friends who are um, theater kids and we all put on a production. Um, it took me like 10 years after doing that show to even get the joke of collabor him, collabor me, that thing. Um, it took me a really, really long time to get that joke. Um, anyway, but I love Merrily. I think it resonates more the older you get. And um, yeah, I, I love it. I think the, the redo version, the remake, the revival version that I guess started in La Jolla, I think, and went to Off-Broadway is the superior version, um, in my opinion. So, Not to mm -hmm. drive into a tangent, have you ever listened to the Michael Arden, Adam Wachter, Wayne Brady version? Mm -mm. Um, they did an interesting thing. They had like the tether concept from uh, the Spring Awakening revival, Death West revival, where they have their younger selves kind of watching them as they mess up and they slowly switch places. And then the adult tethers watches the younger tethers. It was an interesting, interesting, interesting idea. I think it was very well executed and it was very close to being the Broadway revival. And then some producers backed out. Um, but Wayne... Yeah. Huh. Wayne Brady Brady was uh, Frank, or no, he was Charlie, and that was some um, interesting choices. I bet um, he was really good at doing Franklin Shepard Inc., though. He nailed it, yeah. um, but he did mess up some. There's one bootleg, and the one bootleg is the one where Wayne Brady messes up oh, um, <laughs> the last number. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it's um, oh, F. I was going to say something, and it went away from me. Um, shoot. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, it's also a great show to do. Um, I've seen it in colleges. I've seen a couple community regional theater productions in L.A. It works so well with a small ensemble of really good people who can play multiple roles, and it mm -hmm. works really well in a black box. Um, yeah, uh, I, I love it. It holds a special place in my heart. Um, and it has one of the best overtures ever written in a Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. Hard agree. All right. Christy, what's your number five? Oh, geez. Um, well, I'm probably going to get flack for putting this so low, but it would probably be Company. Uh, because it's one of those shows where I think I like the score a lot better than I like the story or, you know, the concept. I'm, mm. I'm kind of... You know, I love I, the Sondheim, you know, the more conceptual stuff like Follies and Assassins and things like that. Those are the things that I kind of love more for what they are rather than um, what, you know, how I come away from them. But, you know, Company is just a top notch score. It's got, you know, Being Alive, not um, Getting Married Today, Ladies Who Lunch. There's a whole bunch of fantastic character pieces in it and patter songs and ballads. And it's just a magnificent score all the way around. That's fantastic. And 
Um, have you looked into the new revival of Company at all? Like, how do you think that touches your fancy in comparison? I, I actually think it's a very interesting way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at, you know, being single and 35 from the perspective of a woman is, you know, a completely different social and mental thing from, you know, looking at it from the man's perspective, because, that's growing through the point where everybody's pressuring you to get married and pressuring you to have kids because that's a very limited window, obviously, and that's obviously not for everybody. So I think that's a great way of looking at it. Um, I definitely do want to see um, something where we do see some more same-sex couples, though. Yeah. Do you... Spoilers for the company revival, if you care about things like that. (laughs) But it was a very hard and fast rule that Bobby couldn't have a same-sex even intimate uh, implication. So the ending is kind of ruined when Patty Lapone turns to Bobby and is like, why in the original version, yeah. mm-hmm. why didn't we yeah. ever get together? They don't yeah. do that. She's like, why don't you get together with my husband? He'll take <laughs> care of you. And it just kills oh, that moment so much. Yeah, and- Joanne's a swinger, woo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it, I only heard vibe. the opening... I heard the revival's opening number. It popped up on a playlist. And I think it must have been the London cast. And it threw me a little bit because it was in the exact same key. And so Bobby was forced to have to sing these like really high notes that kind of made me go like, okay. Like, I don't know. It just kind of was like, couldn't she just have opted down here? Like, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I, I, I don't know how I felt about it. It kind of was just like, this is distractingly high and piercing right now. Like, I will say mm-hmm. they did change that for the Katrina Lank Broadway production. That's they brought good. it down because Katrina Lank has a much lower register than. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I would works. feel if you're going to swap genders, that's a place like where I, I, you know, to go back on that sudden argument from a few episodes I ago. I think, yeah, like, that's I a place where you voice. can forgive modulation because, yeah. um, you know, te- uh, obviously, you know, tenor and um, soprano and alto and bass, they're not yeah. the same. Yeah. They're not the same ranges and registers, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't land the same way. <laughs> yeah. No. Um sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. Um that's a great choice. Um yeah. Um I don't think anyone's gonna give you flack for putting it so low no. though, because it, it is no. a more complicated If you're yeah. not yes. into like kind of a seventies character piece, you might not <laughs> right. dig you might not yeah, dig it, you know? Yeah, long long ago, like decades <laughs> ago, they did it at um the Arvada Center and um I didn't get to see it but my mom's had season tickets there forever and she went and she is like i just didn't care for it yeah and yeah i can kind of see that reaction because it's a very non-linear um story and uh just so these little character vignettes yeah and if snapshots you're for like a, of a yeah, life if you're looking for like you know a story that you know takes you from point a to point b to point c that's you're not going to get that yeah yeah in the days after Sondheim's death, where that was literally all I wanted to talk about, because you know, mourning and all yeah, that. yeah. Um, and Processing my girlfriend grief. is like, "All right, then describe me every Sondheim musical," and I do, <laughs> and she's like, "All these concepts just sound painfully boring when said in like a three sentence, like yeah. you know, Pacific it's... Overtures describing that in three sentences. Like, why would you make a musical out of that? It's like yeah. I promise it's good." You know, anything, you know, anything, you know, you can reduce it to, you know, it kind of sounds weird when you reduce it to like those few sentences, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. It, it is, but it's also kind of like, I'm, I'm like really trying to sell on it. And I'm like, no, 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 it's really about the westernization <laughs> yeah, it's really of Japan. Yeah, really hard to do an elevator pitch on company. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Um, I guess I can go next. Um, mine's a cheat because literally I could not pick one or the other of these musicals to put as my number five. Like they switched over and over and I couldn't make a justification. Mm -hmm. So they're both number five. So my number five is both Follies and Merrily We Roll Along. Mm -hmm. Um, Follies has like some of the best songs Sondheim has ever written, even if you're not a big fan of the the interesting staging. But the staging Mm -hmm. is also probably one of my favorite techniques he's ever done, where you have the younger versions of themselves constantly haunting the older versions of themselves Mm -hmm. as like literal ghosts and recontextualizing where they're having the same fight as they did when they were younger and all that. That and come on, I'm still here. Um, could I leave you? Even Losing the my cut mind. songs are like Foxtrot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. are like bangers. The yeah. entire Loveland sequence is probably one of my favorite just plays. It's like its own little story inside of this musical. It is incredible. And Merrily, I cannot watch that show without crying. Um, <laughs> Well, the last time I saw Merrily Live, it was just a community production um, at the University of Michigan with Emily Kutacho, who is now the first black Christine on Broadway. And I like Ooh. got to chat with her a little bit. I was like, you were incredible. You were, I forget the wife's character's name. And it was just incredible. I was like, you're going places. Oh, Next time I hear that name. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Um, both those musicals can't rank one above the other. They're both equally okay, amazing. Um, <clears throat> Follies is such an interesting... Uh, concept for a show because you have to kind of I, I don't know if revivals do this but I feel like they have to because you have to keep it in the 70s because that was the time when these follies right yeah, I mean former follies yeah, I mean you can't were, do that now they'd be all they'd all they're be all dead, dead. <laughs> yeah but in the 70s that was this time when um all you know let's see they would have been like in their six, yeah, 60s it was a very, probably it was a very difficult t- it was a very di- it was also a very difficult time for um you know broadway theater as an institution you know a lot of the old houses were coming down times square was mm-hmm. you know basically where you went to get a hooker and some you know <laughs> and some illegal drugs so yeah. it wasn't yeah it's you know, you go there and it's a re- it's a huge touristy place now, but, you know, back in the 70s, it was a completely different world. Yeah, and to have this musical where Sondheim is writing these um, kind of pastiches to early Broadway Ziegfeld Follies, types, uh, Ziegfeld Follies style songs is pretty, pretty amazing in the score because you get the Sondheim-y stuff, but then you get like, mm-hmm. uh, like an amalgam of that is something like Buddy's Blues, Listen you know. To or, the mm-hmm. rain on the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just mm-hmm. the, you know, the beautiful girls, like having them all enter and walk around. Like, um, but then you've got like waiting for the girls upstairs, which is such a very complex there. number. Yeah. yeah. It, it's think, so fascinating. Yeah. And I think it's interesting just that you juxtapose uh, Merrily with Follies because those are both about, you know, kind of lot, you know, disillusionment and looking back on your past. Um, and yeah, you're too young to be would I have cho- Would I have chosen differently? <laughs> Could I have chosen differently, yeah. you know, based on who I am and what I knew? And, you know, I it's, mean, yeah, it's weird because I, I agree. I'm sure these shows will only grow on me as I get older and look back. But I still kind of feel that way. But being in the first half and being like, I want to make changes so I don't regret the change my life later. Like having mm-hmm. the kind of foresight of like, that's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So live like you don't want that. Don't <laughs> yeah. live with regret right now. <laughs> yeah, Live for the now, kids. I, I know that's so pretentious and very 20s guy but hey i'm almost i'm almost at 30 so we'll find out how that goes for me yeah 
It's true, though. I mean, you know, very little in my life went the way I thought it was going to when I was 21. But, you know, it's like I'm not I don't regret what I did. You know, I learned a lot. I experienced some fun things. I learned a lot about myself. And yeah, it's cool. I mean, I get to hang out with you guys for my 20s. How can I really complain? Hey, (laughs) like literally, I'm blessed. Uh, um, I can't can't be angry unless we like have a horrible falling out. We look (laughs) back on this and we're like, how did we get here from there? Yeah, right. <laughs> on that note, we're on friend. number four. Chris or Emily, you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so number four for me, uh, maybe you guys will be shocked this is so low, but uh, would be the masterpiece Sweeney Todd. Um, what, what am I going to say? It's Sweeney Todd. It's, it's... I'm going to reveal this with you. Mine is my number four is Sweeney Todd, too. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's one of the best musicals ever written. You know, Mrs. Lovett is definitely a bucket list dream role. Um, mm-hmm. I think it gets uh, better and richer. Again, as the more I listen to it, the older I get, the more I'm able to analyze the score and the characters, mm-hmm. just, just the better it gets. Um, I... I love it. It's a big, insane concept of a show and a big, heightened soap opera of a musical. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it's also like Sondheim's simplest premise. It is kind of like story before like weird mm-hmm. stage technique thing. Yeah. It's not like where you have... It's just like the story is the subversive thing, not the weird things we're doing with the craft. Right. Which also yeah, makes like, it seem which strange. Which is gothic horror on Broadway was just yeah, the weird thing. Yeah. It's, and that's kind of the provenance of it. You know, it goes back to like, you know, a really, you know, the old Penny Dreadfuls mm-hmm. where, you know, they weren't trying anything, you know, elaborate or deep, you know, they were just saying, here's a shocking tale of people getting murdered in the barbershop and their corpses are becoming pies. Ooh. It's, it's also interesting because it's that, um, that kind of thing that um, I, I guess happened with Shakespeare is that you have this low brow art form in its time mm-hmm. that eventually over the eras becomes this highbrow art form and um, the inspiration is this like penny dreadful trash story um, is you know picked up by by these guys who wanted to do something new in the realm of musical theater. I mean, there's there's a there's a reason why opera companies often do Sweeney Todd, even though it's technically yeah, it's, not an it's opera. Vi- it's a very operatic story, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you with know, operatic voices to, being used. Yeah. I think, you, you know, we also need to give credit to Christopher Bond, who wrote um, the mm-hmm. um, straight play uh, melodrama, which is what a lot of um, the uh, Sondheim-Wheeler book is based off of. So, he, yeah, it's it's very fascinating the way this transitioned from sensationalist Penny Dreadful to, you know, kind of this melodrama with a conscience mm-hmm. to this commentary on, you know... <laughs> Uh, good and evil and obsession and revenge and mm-hmm. all these really huge things. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people of my generation, this is their first Sondheim. Like, this is really, like, their first dive into it, you know, especially, like, edgy teens that really, like, I'm going to do this. And say yeah. what you will about that Tim Burton movie, um, it was a great gateway it's a great into gateway. the musical theater world yeah, for I other mean, people. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I, I think it, yeah, I defend it for that reason, if it oh, helped yeah. you get it's into not, it. It has its flaws, but, you know, I think they did a lot of really good things with it. Yeah. Um, you know, he w- they were doing a lot of creative things with visuals and the way they did Epiphany. I mean, we're seeing a lot more of that uh, in the past year or so with musicals that are not afraid to say, okay, these people are going to sing, so we're just going to go a little crazy with um, stuff for a second. Yeah. 
instead of being like, oh no, God, they're singing. What are we going to do? I don't know if we can handle them singing. Everything's so heightened in the show that of course they should be singing. It's, it's, it's (laughs) murdering people and putting them into pies and revenge, deep seated revenge. You know, it's so great. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right, Chrissy, what's your number four? Okay. uh, My second is what I would consider the Sondheim gateway show. And that is into the woods Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's a, you know, everybody knows the fairy tales. Um, You know, everybody, it's, ridiculously catchy um you know singable music um you know for everybody who thinks you know Sondheim is you know too you know that obtruse um intellectual stuff that you can't latch on to I'm like no come on you know into the woods it's time to get it's just it's fun show it's got great it's got some great solos um on the steps of the palace I think moments in the woods is one of the best uh Sondheim character solos of all time um yeah, and then, you know, it just it's plays with fairy tales for the first act and then it turns everything on its head for the second act and really makes you think about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's what everyone does now. Like look at Shrek um have Yeah, ever this after, was a this was ahead of stuff. well, I not entirely Disney ahead of Disney does time it because, now. That's like, yeah, yeah, I mean I mean, you know, this goes back to like the fractured fairy tales of, you know, the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons. So it's so you know, that revision has been going on for a while, but I think and very much going to the source, or, you know, not the source source, but the grim source, anyway. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, going back to that pre-Disney thing and mm-hmm. saying, you know, the stepsisters got blinded and they cut their feet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jack, you know, Jack is kind of a thief when you think about it. And Rapunzel's yeah. prince got blinded and she got pregnant oh. and all that dark stuff that gets, you know, sanitized out of them when you try to tell them to kids. Yeah. And my favorite thing that it, reading about this in the hat books and all that is sometimes like playing with audience expectations, meaning you don't need to see the story, you know the story. So we're just going to tell you what happened after the thoughts going into it and focus on these three new characters I made, the baker, the wife, and the witch. Right. And really focus on them. And then these other people, we're going to focus on the thematic side of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's actually a very good way of doing that, you know, because that kind of, you know, quest to, you know, solve your problem and, you know, following the instructions from the mysterious old, old witch is very much a fairy tale thing. And they just find it. Okay. So you have to find Cinderella's slipper and, you know, Jack's cow and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's the baker, his wife and the witch are taking these tropes that you see in these fairy tales. You know, the baker becomes the huntsman, Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the, uh, also where little red gets, you know, her treats and, Mm -hmm. um, the witch being Rapunzel's witch, but also being another witch for it's it it's it just mm-hmm. shows how interconnected it is because the whole reason those fairy tales existed in the first place, even going back before the Grimms, was um you know, making sense of kind of this medieval world where kids die all the time. And like right. um you you can only the best you can hope for is like a magic cat to help you like get like a nice loaf of bread in a house. Like that's all they want. Yeah. Like you know, it's fascinating stuff. And um it's it teaches these kind of lessons that have been shaped through the ages and then by the time Sondheim got to them it all became less about like how do you cope with (laughs) your your kids dying young to uh uh actions have consequences how do you cope with your parents being (laughs) useless yeah yeah that's the other thing is there's a lot in there about you know parent-child relationships which you know as a parent myself hits a lot differently 
you know, the the witch's impulse to, you know, want to keep Rapunzel in her tower because, you know, the world sucks. Yeah. And what's going to happen to you when you get out there and see that it sucks? And yeah. then, you know, the, ba- the baker's been abandoned and Cinderella's daddy's useless and, you know, all those things, you know, just coping with, you know, that, yeah, your parents screw up sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you're screwed up or you have to screw up. Yeah, and what is it going to mean for Jack and Little Red, who lose both their parents in the show? Mm-hmm. By right. The you know, what is mm-hmm. what are these repercussions going to mean for them? Um, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, just act- what you do reverberates mm-hmm. through the generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that children are always listening, even if you don't think they are. Because yeah. that they is may so not obey, true. but boy, they listen. <laughs> yep, they know what's up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but my number four, um, Sweeney, we said that before. Um, Emily, three. Okay, uh, so my number three, okay, my number three is uh, uh, Assassins. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Dark Horse, right? Um, yeah. I, to this day, it's one of the best theatrical experiences I've ever had as an actor and musical theater performer. I got to play Squeaky From, like, I don't know, I guess it was 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, and I just felt so fulfilled <laughs> as a performer um, doing that show. Um, we were on stage mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time and in an alley staging. Um, and so we got to just like be in character for 90 minutes and it was so fun. But that aside, it's one of my, f- it's one of my favorite Sondheim scores. And I think mm-hmm. it's highly underrated. His, because everything is, um, <sighs> the music is all a pastiche of the era of the person singing it. Um, It's Americana in 90 minutes and the dark side of Americana and like the subversion of um, um, Hail to the Chief and things like that and how terrifying it all can be um, and how everybody has the right doesn't just apply to you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps like even even the loony loons can do that and cause Mm -hmm. real damage. Um, I think it's, it's just a fantastic show. It's a weird concept and I like it. I like that. It's just all these weird, horrible figures in history, just kind of like hanging out with each other. And what if thing, like if they would interact with no rhyme or reason, you don't have to explain Mm -hmm. it. It's theater. Um, and I love that. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just a weird fucking show. And I, I really, really like it a lot. And I love doing it again. Another really good black box college show that you could do mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, my production totally ripped off the Broadway revival and we had the Zapruder film projected on <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald's shirt. <laughs> we also did the thing where Lee Harvey Oswald was also the balladeer um, and that worked really well. Um, yeah, I just I just love it. It's, it's mm-hmm. one that I always kind of sometimes forget about and then when I hear it and it's brought up, I go, oh yeah, yeah, I, I fucking love that show. So yeah, I'm going with that mm-hmm. for my number three, baby. Good choice. Um, not in my top five. I got, I got issues with the book and the score and how they're connected or not connected, but amazing show still. <laughs> it's got, it's um, also got one of the best creepy, you know, love ballads in the mm-hmm. world, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 out of 10, I'm worthy of your love. Amazing. Um, yeah. Great choice, Emily. All right, Christy, what's your number three? Oh, geez. I am going to go with Sunday in the Park with George, the Pulitzer <gasps> <So> winner. <low. laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's... I. This is kind of, you know, personally what I respond to rather than quality. I think it's probably, you know, one of the best constructed Sondheim shows. 
just the way the score is reflected in reflects the art and um you know the parallels between you know Soro and uh George in the second act and everything that it says about you know art as an industry both then and you know in i guess in the like the 80s when it would have would have been current I think is just it's just very fascinating. I, I agree. You will Sunday's get no, amazing. You will get <laughs> no, no, no fighting here. It's top notch stuff, and I love I love that we are able to uh, you know projections you know compute CGI and projections in um, theater are kind of a mixed bag, but I love that we can have them for this show, so we can actually have this painting come to life and start out with you know the white <laughs> canvas and then just build it on top of that. It is really cool to see how different productions yeah. interpret that. Yeah, because... how they interpret that and how they t- mm-hmm. how they bring this, you know, artwork to life. Because I've seen um, think... like small black box ones where they're limited, obviously, with their means. Mm-hmm. And so they make it work within their means. But then, you know, right. I think I told you guys I saw the Kennedy Center one with Raul Esparza. Yeah. Um, ages ago mm-hmm. and they that was at the point uh, in the technology where they would bring these like flat screen TVs down Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For putting oh, it together okay. instead of cardboard cutouts. So it was like that, right. that in sync. I don't know if you ever saw that live in sync performance at the VMAs where it's their heads and they're dancing uh-huh. between them. I'm old. But that's exactly what it was like. It was like him walking <laughs> okay, behind. Yeah, that that were, yeah that's, real, that's a really cool way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, I love putting it together. Um, there's, you know, Barbara Streisand on the Broadway album does a great, um, rewrite of that, you know, kind of 
as the lead off song. Yeah. Um, which is putting it together. You know, the, yeah, fantastic the, the, the review and fun. did a I love the review version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. one with um well I, I I know the original one with Julie Andrews. Yes. Did the it, but then the other love, one with Kevin. A little to yeah. the right love. That was so good. Um, yes. I think this show just gets better as time goes on. Like, it does. I feel like as it's technology fantastic. will improve, um, it will get better. You know, yeah. And, you know, there's a great recording of the original cast of Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters that everybody absolutely yeah, must watch. Everyone must watch. There's also a fantastic recording from the Paris um, version with Julian Ovenden, um, and that is also incredible. It shows you a more updated take on it. And there's a Yo-Ho bootleg of the Jake Gyllenhaal production, which is also very different, much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot yeah. of choices made, but still effective. I don't. I, I yeah. think there's a lot of choices. I would have really show. liked to see that one, that's for sure. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. UK, like that. Yeah, and it inspired yeah, get- the best scene in Tick, Tick, Boom. How can you not love it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Um, what number am I on? Three? Three. Three. Oh, Into the Woods. We talked about that. My number three is Into the Woods. Amazing show. No no notes. All right. Emily, number two. My number two is Into the Woods. Um, for, oh. for No notes. For most of my life, Into the Woods was number one. Um, mm. I think late, I think as I've gotten a little older, it's bumped down to number two. Um, but it's my first Sondheim. I, you know, mm-hmm. my mom got me into it when I was like six or seven. Um, you know, watching that PBS pro shot. Oh yeah. I watched yep. I, I, an indefinite amount of time. I mean, I can't even tell you, I could probably just play it all in my head right now, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and be right. Um, I, I, I went to that reunion. They did it. Seagerstrom a few years ago. Um, such a fantastic cat ensemble on that one too. It's amazing. Unbelievable. It's, uh, and you know, I, I've directed the junior version once. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, the junior version ends at the end of act one. Ends after act Yeah. One. <laughs> but they're middle schoolers. So it kind of, it's fine. It's fine. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's As Orson Welles always said, you can always have a happy ending depending on where you end the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Exactly. That is true. Um, but it's. I don't know. It's what I would. It, 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 it's what I would give someone to kind of give them something for like their first Sondheim, maybe um, because it is so accessible. Um, it mm-hmm. is so great for kids. It's good for smart kids. Smart kids who can handle. Uh, kind yeah. of Rick these and Morty. Lessons. You know, it's for Rick and Morty kids. Oh you know? God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, kids who can handle nuance, and I think there's more and more of them these days. Um, I, it's a show I still haven't done, and I'm I I I don't know why how, but um, someday I'll do it. Uh, I could probably do it up until I'm really old and be fine. Um, it, yeah, I mean, come on, we already just talked about it. It's it's yeah. one of the best. So yeah, Into the Woods, my number two. All right, uh, Christy, number two. Uh, my number two is A Little Night Music. Yeah, it's the score is oh my god the score it's Beautiful. it's almost like like this little Fabergé egg where you just look at it and it's like the craftsmanship is just so <laughs> so beautiful the way it is mm. written it's everything's like in the three four tempo and you know the way the duets work and it's I cannot say enough about it. It's amazing. I mean, you know, Desiree Armfeld and uh, Madame Armfeld are both a uh, couple of dream roles of mine. Such great characters and, you know, a great story about, you know, how love is, you know, kind of messed up and complicated and insane. And it's never like it is in the fairy tales, but still it's a, it's a wonderful business. thing. 
And you can age through it. There's a role for every you age level and every and go to and go from Petra to Charlotte to yeah. Desiree to Madame Armfeld. I mean, it's wonderful. you know, God. I mean, who is writing for women now that Sondheim is gone? <laughs> Lynn, um, I think. An- Anais Mitchell, a Sarah bit, yeah. <laughs> Lynn writes. I think Lynn writes really good songs for women, or at least good yeah. character pieces for women. I yeah. wish she'd come back to stage someday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's That's give my a, big fear about Lynn. Let's give him a couple, years off. Him a couple yeah, years off. It took him six years to write Hamilton. I think you know we'll probably wait. He did so much this year. Little... Just let him take twenty. Yeah, I off. mean, yeah, you've earned it, Lynn. <laughs> I mean, I agree, but I don't think we're gonna get another stage show from Lin Manuel Miranda until. Over a decade, probably since the Hamilton. Yeah, film. that's entirely possible, and I yeah. think you know part of that is him coming to terms with like, okay, you know, I've written like the big thing that everyone's going to remember me for. Now what? Yeah, what do you do after yeah. you write Thriller? You know, like it's yeah. <laughs> what do you do after you, you know what's going to be on Canto, your obituary? Which is, you know, better yeah. than any Disney score has a right to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, a little night music, an amazing show. So very, good, so good. Yes, mm-hmm. very valuable number two choice. Mine is gonna be the Dark Horse number two choice. It is Passion. I knew it was gonna ah, be. I knew, knew we were it. gonna see a Passion it. from I knew you. It. I fucking love Passion. The only one. You're not the I'm only, the only one. only one, the one that loves this show. <laughs> Tell us why. The show is just such... It's unlike any of the other Sondheims. It's I think it might be his only one-act show, unless you're going to include something like Evening Primrose, which I don't. Um, unless Emily wants to correct me. I think that's... Assassins is a one-act. I was going to oh, say, yes, you just said it. Assassins, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, so Passion is based on a film, Passion d'Amore, um, by... Um, some French filmmaker. It's just the perfect movie to stage adaptation where it's just like mm-hmm. Sondheim watches this movie and he's like, you know what? I want to do this. And this is the only other show aside from Sweeney Todd that Sondheim pursued himself. Reached out to James Lapine and originally he was going to do a sung through. He was going to go full Andrew Lloyd Webber with this and put it sung through. And then he added like the incredible book by James Lapine. It's so dark, so mm-hmm. mean, and so like, this score is probably one of his more melodic, more dark, more probably the closest thing to Sweeney Todd since Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd, mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as like the timbre of the score, and also like the solos, the portrayal of a woman as like this this character that is very difficult to fall in love with. It is not an easily to like character, mm-hmm. but then you've got these incredible actresses putting their own st- staple onto it: Patty Lapone, Donna Murphy, um, mm-hmm. Judy Kuhn. And every one of them knocks it out the park. And yeah, um, it gets better every time I listen to it. And I don't care what the haters say. <laughs> you don't um, have to care what the haters say. Yeah. And I, I don't, I didn't know this was a, a show that most people did in Sondheim world didn't like because this was like probably my fourth Sondheim thing. I think it was like yeah. this Sunday, sweet, yeah, then passion. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I get why it flopped. I it's, understand yeah, all I mean, of it. It's such a, a very odd position. I mean, it did win the um the Tony that year, but yeah. it was it only like ran for 90 performances and something like that. And I forget what it was like up against on the Tony. That might have been one of those it was a slow weird year. years where they're like, fine, we'll just give it to this. <laughs> yeah, and uh it it, it it felt in a lot of ways like like Sondheim going, well, the 80s, 
you know, I just, I wrote a lot of really like kind of introspective, deep stuff. And then, Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's try this. Let's try this mega musical thing, or let's try this kind. Yeah, it was more that kind like of his, style, it's like even though it's not a big re- show. Yeah, it's almost like his response to you know those bi- the big melodramatic shows yeah. of the '80s and early '90s. Because it does have like a Sondheim. Uh, sorry, it does have like an Angeloid Weber, Bublil, and Schoenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and it has that, you know, Victorian romantic melodrama thing going on, but it's Sondheim. It's dark and it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. I I like to imagine, like, he saw something like Android Weber or what, and he was like, no, 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 guys, this is how you do it. Yeah. (laughs) I can easily see that. Like, I, I, I think it's just unlike anything he's ever seen. It's strangely one of his more accessible musicals. Like, I'm very glad, and one of the most incredibly shot pro shots. I yeah, think you it was have a pro shot, only, so you can see that. I think it was his only one of his original three pro shots shot on film. So it is, like, mm. one of the most gorgeously shot. Like, it looks like a f- movie as opposed to, like, a TV special. Yeah. The way that Into the Woods and Sunday sadly looked. Yeah. Um, and I think there was just some weird staging choices that brought it down. Like, deciding just put... Marin Maisie with her tits out in the first scene. You didn't need that. That was just. <laughs> Who was complaining about that? Come on, she looked amazing. She I looked mean, like yeah. a painting. Yes, but this show it She's felt like gratuitous. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, come on, baby. It was the nineties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like in Bridges of Madison County when Kelly O'Hara is butt ass naked for oh, no reason. I saw Kelly. I've, I've told you the story about how when I saw Dracula on Broadway. <laughs> Dracula looks at Kelly O'Hara all sexy at the end of the first act and her dress just gets vacuumed off. Like you just blink and her dress is gone. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I had ever seen. And this was before she became like, you know, Kelly O'Hara. With Kelly so O'Hara. Every time yeah. I see Kelly O'Hara, I'm like, I just remember that time that yeah, Dracula's just remember her sexiness getting go, sucked off. Like <laughs> from the pit, it was so funny. It is hilarious. But I just remember in Bridges, like, she did an interview, like, right after it opened. She's like, yeah, I just had a baby, but then they insisted I still did the nude scene, so now I'm just doing these nude scenes every night. And it's just her getting out of a bathtub, showing, like, like standing naked and then putting a towel. I'm like, you you didn't need this. You didn't need to do that. (laughs) All right, we're at number ones, guys. Emily. I think no one's going to be surprised by this, but my number one is Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah. Um, it's, Mine too, so it, we yeah, can do that right it's now. It's always <laughs> waffled, you know, kind of between Into the Woods and Sunday in the Park with George for me, but Sunday has mm-hmm. surpassed it. Um, I First of all, personally, I am a real sucker for the, the artist trying to figure out his place in the world story. I don't oh, care yeah. if it's overdone. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like it. I relate to it. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I love it, all that jazz. I love Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, yep. I I just, I know they're self-indulgent, but sometimes we have to be self-indulgent. Artists are self-indulgent. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, the problem and, with those, yeah, the problem with those stories is that very often they are done terribly. Yeah, and when they're um, done but, well. You know, when it's done right, and Sunday in the Park in George is done extremely right, it is, mm-hmm. you know, something that I think everyone relates to because, you know, we may not be, you know, artists, you know, starving in a garret, but we are all like, okay, what am I doing on this planet? Am yeah. I doing something that matters? When I'm gone, how am I going to be remembered? Yeah, and I... Um... There's, I mean, there's so much I connect to. The score is brilliant. I mean, the whole thing is just immaculate, perfect masterpiece of a score. Um, 
it, I relate to Dot and George in various mm-hmm. ways. Um, the being all consumed by your art thing, I, I've been there, but then I've also been the like, oh my God, like just do this for you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I Putting it together has played in my head when I have been a producer plunging toilets while act two is going on. You know, <laughs> like it's just yep. uh, the art of making art. Um, I don't know what else I can say about it. I think it's a great show. Um, I, I I hate it when people, people used to say this to me growing up. I think people don't do it as much now, but people used to be like, why is the second act there? And it's like, because it's making connections to the modern world. And okay, am do- I, all right. I think all right. the second act is amazing. So I think the is. second act is better than the first act. I think it's more important. It's, I mean, yeah. it's laying the ground. You can't have one. In my opinion, no. you can't have one without the other. It's not yeah. like into the woods, maybe where you could do and a I junior think, version. You know, I think it's, it's important to see the difference between the art world, you know, when you in the 18 whatever, when Thoreau was doing this for like exhibitions and now in, you know, the 20th Mm -hmm. century when it's this institution. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, we've kind of, you know, it's kind of framed in this way where you have to be doing something, you know, important and, Mm -hmm. you know meaningful instead of you know just trying to sell a painting to make a buck and then like the idea that you have to you know Georges Seurat was just trying to get his work seen by anyone to be appreciated by anyone but he just wanted to make it whereas George in the second act he's successful doing the same shit over and over and over again and now he's at a crisis where he's like what 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 do I do now um how do I be new how do I be new yeah and Mm -hmm. um I, I just, I love it. I, I, I relate to it. That, that pro shot, I, I remember, you know, my, I, I grew up watching Into the Woods, that pro shot. And then I think when I got into high school, my mom was like, you should watch this. I think you'll like it. It's with Bernadette Peters, who was in Into the Woods. And I was like, oh, cool. And I remember just like falling in love with the show. And um, it kind of blew my mind that a show like that could even exist. And I don't think anything compa- can compare to hearing. Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters singing Move On for the first time. Oh. It just, like, imprinted mm. on my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I love it. I, I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, it has it the is. Pulitzer for a mm-hmm. reason, and mm-hmm. it came out the same year as Lacage, so, you know, it got overshadowed by the Happy Fun show. But, you know, the same can be said of West Side Story and The Music Man. So, yeah. it, it's, so. It's, um, it's my favorite, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Um, but Christy, <laughs> you're it. Okay, I'm the odd person out because just because this is we, I'm just because of the way I'm wired, I went with Sweeney Todd because I, knew it. I am just a sucker. I'm the I am the Victorian melodrama sucker. I mean, you give me this, you know, traumatized man belting to the heavens about how he's going to slaughter his way through society to get back <laughs> at losing his wife. I eat that up like yeah. candy. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it's you know. It's a melodramatic story, but, you know, it's done in a very, you know, thoughtful and brilliant manner. The score is just magnificent. It has, I believe, the greatest opening number of all time. Um, It is, you know, and some fantastic character pieces. Worst Pies in London is one of my favorite female solos of all time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and Pretty Women, again, one of those songs which is just so gorgeous until you realize, until you see it in context and you're like, oh my God, this is freaky. And then you have a little priest which just has all these terrible fu- puns and it's hilarious, so. God, it's so good. So Watching good. these characters just be so gleeful about 
how they're yeah. going to murder people, yeah. and you're just with them. You're like, yeah, yeah, do it. And then, cut, and then, yeah, no, at the very end, it's like, yeah, you were rooting for this because this is this darkness inside you, and you're like, damn. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, uh, only caveat is I have seldom seen Joanna played um, well. You know, it's as, especially like on the Hearn at Lansbury. I don't know who's doing it, but she's just kind of got this you know, crazy thing going on. You know, I love I love that Joanna is kind of like this kind of like she's on the surface. She's this very typical, you know, Victorian melodramatic ingenue. It's like, oh, take me away from my terrible guardian, please. But when you get dig a little deeper, it's like, yeah, there's, you know, she's a little smarter and a little crazier than, you know, people are letting on. Usually it's like opera companies that just cast like whatever basic soprano they have. Yeah. And um, I think you, I would love to see a production and I'm sure there are productions that exist because it's been mm-hmm. done so much, but um, I'd like to see one that uh, uh, Joanna, that where they really lean into like the Rapunzel's, you know, unraveling and into the woods because that's what's happening yeah. to her. Of course she runs yeah, away she with put- Anthony. She lives with a creepy old man who wants to marry her. Yeah, that and like, then that and then she spends the entire she second talks to act birds in all a Victorian yeah. yeah, and then she spends the entire second act in a Victorian madhouse. Uh-huh. I mean, if that does not, that's you know, Girl. That is, you know, you know, that's one of those places where if you're not crazy when you go in, you definitely are when you come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do want to say a word of defense to Betsy Jocelyn, who did play Joanna. Um, yeah. She was very young, and she would later, about 10 years later, play the witch in Into the Woods very, very well. She is like one of the best well, witches in the original production of yeah. Into the Woods. I don't blame yeah. the girls. I blame the directors for not giving them yeah, the direction. Exactly. I, do I blame the script yeah. a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I blame the score a little bit. I think it's well, there in the score, though. Like, like, I think it is. It's just you know, a I little, mean, like, like um, um, Kiss Me, that whole sequence. Kiss Me, exactly. I mean, crazy. the entire time she's like going at 100 miles an hour, uh-huh. and then at some point she's like, Oh yeah, I don't even know your name. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there there's something to be explored there that hasn't been mined as much. Yeah, as Yeah, but I think you know my favorite cast has got to be um, the uh, Lupone Hearn concert recording. That's high um, part agree. Yeah, um, I, I am a big fan of the John Logan uh, revival with Michael Cerveris and Patti Lupone, just mm-hmm. for how bonkers off the wall and how strangely well the orchestration still work minimized. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, and I saw, I was able to see the immersive production um, they did off Broadway a few years ago. Um, there were several people I saw it with um, Hugh Pinero and Carolee Car- uh, Carmelo, um, and it was fantastic. It was amazing. I loved what they did with it, and they actually had fantastic pie and mash too. So, and I saw Hugh Pinero play Anthony back at the Kennedy Center celebration. Yeah. So you know he aged into uh, mm-hmm. he's aged into, <laughs> into yeah. Sweeney. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't tell you guys. I, I didn't tell you guys this, but yesterday I had um, one of my students uh, sang the worst pies in London for, for my musical theater club at the school where uh-huh. I teach, and she got up to sing. And we te- and I teach her in the. I teach in this like kind of really janky, kind of creepy little theater that's to the side, and like no one can really find it. And she gets <laughs> up and she. Kind. Oh yeah, but she gets up and she was looking at the ceiling. And she's like, "Sorry, I was just looking at the ceiling. There's so many tiles up there missing." God, I, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I wonder how long those tiles have been missing." And then she gets up to do worst pies in London and she finishes it and then a tile falls right next to her <laughs> Jeez. I think it was a ghost you guys I think it was a ghost I'm not kidding I just had to tell you that because I'm pretty sure yeah. there's a ghost people say it's haunted and who's to say they're wrong I think the ghost heard her do worst pies in London and was like yes yeah. tile 
Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to hear, baby. Yeah. Times is hard. Boom. Uh, it boom. literally was like that. It was so <laughs> creepy. I have video. It's weird. Okay, I, I know. For I, I would like to see this video. I'll show it to you. Um, all right. On that note, you guys, this was wonderful. And... I just want us to recommend one Sondheim song because we like to keep our dear friends' roots um, before we wrap it up. It doesn't have to be a favorite or anything. Just a Sondheim song you think people would go into their weekend enjoying. Um, Emily, you're on first. Um. Okay, well, let's go with... Oh, my God. My mind, <laughs> my mind is swimming with suggestions. Um, okay, uh, uh, since I picked Sunday in the Park with George, um, let's go with Move On. Um, mm. which is one of my favorite songs Sondheim ever wrote. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I highly recommend the Mandy and Bernadette version. There's just something about the way yeah. Mandy Patinkin sings and the life moving on that I've never heard another guy replicate. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Move on! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, geez, I'm actually going to go with my number two on A Little Night Music just because there are so many pieces from that that I love the construction of it. I think today I'm going to go with Wonderful, which is, you know, this fantastic passive aggressive, you know, solo where they're complaining about how Desiree is so perfect and, you know, the pro that's the problem because now they can't get rid of her, you know, they can't get over her. Yeah. And just the passive aggressive, sir, sir. <laughs> I just love that exchange. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go basic. Come on. I'm going to go with um, I Wish I Could Forget You from Passion. More people need to listen to Passion. It's really good, guys. It's got that bri brilliant, like, kind of passive aggressiveness that Sondheim loves, where she's asking him to write, dictate a letter for her. So that she forever has a letter, a love letter from him in his handwriting, and it becomes a huge plot point later. The song is also just so gorgeous and self-deprecating, and like a poor Victorian child gaslighting a man into falling in love with her. This musical is so bonkers. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, promote your guys' wonderful content for them to find. I'm sure they know about it, but get, come on, give it to them. Emily, you're on first. All right. So you can find me uh, on Stealing Focus on YouTube. You can find me at Stealing Focus on YouTube. That sounds better. Uh, and uh, you can find me at Emily A.B. Clark uh, on all the social medias. And we also Does it have... look like Emily A.B. It looks like C. Emily Lark? ABC. Yes. It looks like Emily ABC Lark. Um, and uh, we also uh, we also have a Stealing Focus Patreon. So uh, check it all out, baby. I'm on there. You both yep. are on there. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christy. All right. I am at Musical Hell on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. I also do, um, you know, stop shorter videos where I just talk about cool shows or the sources behind cool shows. And yeah, have a Patreon, have a Redbubble, check me out, subscribe, buy my merch, do whatever. Just watch a video. I just love it when you watch my videos. Yeah. They're good videos. They're, they're all so good, good videos. We are so blessed with video content from incredible <laughs> creators like these two. When I when I was your age, I I, I, I had nothing. There was nothing. Never, I had to make my, my own garbage. Never uh, my age. Same. There was nothing on the internet when I was five or whatever. There was no YouTube channels. Yeah, I would go on my computers and play Paperboy. <laughs> I would play the pinball thing on the Windows app, and that would be how, and I'd said thank you for it. 
Um, I, I host musicals with cheese. Y- you know, it's on the Broadway podcast now. We're going to have a Patreon. Who gives a shit? All right, you guys. We love you, Jess. <laughs> None of you care. None of you care. None of you care. It's not as good as their stuff, so. <laughs> oh. We have we'll fun. see you guys next time on the Dear <laughs> Friends podcast. Bye-bye. Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom. And anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends... Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.